0: Ephesians chapter number one, verse number seven, as we stand for the reading of God's word, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Brother Chris, do the honor. Amen. You may be seated. What we have in Christ this morning should be evident to Christians. This verse said, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Now, if you're born again, you have that redemption through his blood. If you're born again, there's a lot more than just coming and sitting on a pew at church. If you are redeemed, the Bible said that we needed to prove that good and perfect acceptable will of God and the proof's in us. Not in our voice, but in our actions. If our actions don't meet our voice, then you might say we're hypocrites. But he said that in him, notice this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, we have that redemption because of his blood. We have that redemption that was given to us. We couldn't redeem ourselves. I don't care how much work you do, you cannot redeem yourself. I don't care how faithful you are to the house of God, that does not redeem you. I don't care how uh, much tithes you pay, that does not redeem you. How many songs you've seen or have written or recorded, that doesn't make you redeemed either. Redemption is through and by the blood of Jesus. So what do we have in Jesus? We have redemption, right? Now, if you understand anything about being redeemed, the Bible said you become a new creature. Old things passed away. Uh, If old things haven't passed away, are you with me? You probably don't have the redemption you need. Turn with me in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. And the word of God said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. What else do we have? If we have the redemption, we have peace. Now, I don't know about you, but before I got saved, I didn't have a whole lot of peaceful days. I was tormented. Weren't you? Do you realize that being tormented is that that the devil's in us? Amen? Uh, I'll speak for myself. When I was lost, I didn't even like me. Hello? Hello? I don't like me much now, but when I was lost, I didn't really like me. When I was a drunk, I didn't like drunks. Hello, that's an absolute fact. I couldn't stand a drunk and me being one. Now think about it. What do we have through Jesus Christ? We have redemption. We have the blood. Are you with me? Say amen. And if we know anything, we know that we have peace. Because we're justified. Justified. What does that mean? (laughs) Just as if I've never sinned. Justified. That's the best way I know how to put it this morning. If you, knowing that you are a sinner, come to Jesus Christ, and you're redeemed by His blood, it's just as if you never had sinned. Why? Because His blood washed you, cleansed you. Made you perfect in Him. And listen, we're striving to keep perfection. We haven't obtained it yet. Uh oh, getting quiet on me this morning already. So, what do we have? We have redemption, we have peace. Turn with me while we're there in Romans. Let's go to chapter number eight. Romans chapter number eight should be a familiar verse to most of us. Are you with me? 8 and 23. Are you there? And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits. Got any fruits? Got any fruits? Of the Spirit. What kind of spiritual fruit do you have? Oh, that got quite. Let me deal right there just a little bit. You got that old haughty spirit? That ain't godly. Got that old stubborn spirit? That ain't godly either. Got old headed, high-minded attitude? That ain't godly either. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we say is godly that is not godly. Oh, God knows me. I've heard this so many times that makes me want to puke. I know it makes God want to puke. God loves me and I love God, and that's enough. No, it ain't. Amen. No, it ain't, friend. There's some things that we must do because we are Christians. You must prove that you're a Christian. So if we have redemption through the blood, if we have peace through the blood, now, what does that mean to you and I this morning? It means God expects something out of us. Christians are a different creature than the world. <laughs> if you can sin and it not bother you, friend, you've never been saved. Because sinning in a Christian's life brings condemnation. Holy Spirit will condemn your actions. You ever been condemned, preacher? Sure I have. What do you mean? I've sinned and come short of the glory of God. When I sinned, the Holy Spirit quickened my heart. And when he quickened my heart, I see how frail and weak I am. You say, boy, you're a big old man. You oughtn't to be weak. Let me tell you about a big old man in the Bible he was Samson he was a big strong guy one day he went out and the Bible said it this way he wished not that the spirit was gone in other words he looked the same he talked the same he walked the same but when he got there the spirit of God was gone and he couldn't do the same thing he'd been a doing before he wished not the spirit was gone well let me, let me help you this morning You had to have it for it to be gone. The trouble with a lot of people is they think they had it, but they never did have it because it never became a new creature in Christ Jesus. It never made a difference in their lives. It never changed them. And if the salvation I'm talking about, if you have that, it's going to change you. It'll change you from a drunk to a saint. Hello. It'll change (laughs) you. If you know anything about the Holy Ghost of God, it'll completely change you from within and without. Nobody won't have to tell you get a haircut and live right. Right. Holy Spirit inside of you will tell you that. Holy Spirit will tell you what you're doing's wrong if you're saved. But if you're lost, don't look for the Holy Spirit to even talk to you. Hello. Stay with me now. Not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruit of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Listen, you've been adopted. You're a different creature than what you were. Or you're not saved, one or the other. Man, it's quiet in here this morning. I knew it's going to be a tough message, but I didn't believe it would be that hard. Christian, are you a Christian this morning? Let me ask you a serious question. Do you know you've ever really truly been saved? You can point to a time in your life when the world was not so important to you because the world's an enemy with God. It's an enemy with this flesh. World tell you you can get drunk and it's all right. World tell you you can whore around, that's all right. Oh, he done it to me, I'll do it to him. She done it to me, I'll do it to her. Uh, I'm gonna get even. One little drunkenness won't hurt you. One little pill won't hurt you. Getting high just one time don't make you unsaved. Man, it's tough this morning. You know, long hair don't make you lost. Might make you look bad, but it don't make you lost. Whether you got on a suit or blue jeans don't make you saved or lost. What's inside of you will make a difference on the outside of you. And if you can sin freely, friends, you need help this morning. If sinning don't bother you, then you're bound to be lost. I'm preaching salvation message this morning. I'm preaching if God is in you, then you'll know there's some things in there that's Christ-like. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about the Spirit. I'm talking about fruits. Hello, I'm talking about the blood. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Do you really? Understand what I'm talking about. Turn over to the book of Hebrews. <coughs> Hebrews chapter number eight. <coughs> Verse number one. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. Uh oh. We have such a high priest. Who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. Which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore it is of necessity that this man having somewhat also to offer. Let me ask you something. What do you have to offer God this morning? Anybody remember the message I preached about John 3, 16? For God. For God so loved the world that he gave us redemption through Christ Jesus. He loved us so much he gave us the blood to cover our sins. He loved us so much he gave us peace of mind through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, uh, 4.13 says, I can do all things. So he gave you strength. He gave you encouragement through Christ Jesus. But what have you done for God? If God is in here the way he should be in here, then you must be about the Father's business. Is the world more important than the things of God? A good young man years ago, friend of mine got saved. Announced his calling to preach. Some of you know who I'm talking about. We were walking through the parking lot of Trinity Hill Free Will Baptist Church and he was coming through in his little old S10 Chevrolet black, shining like a new penny, chrome bumpers, and he stopped and was talking to us. And I took my foot and put it up on his bumper. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He said later on, he said, preacher, I wanted to kill you. You put your foot on my bumper. And I thought to myself when he was telling, he was repenting by the way. He was repenting that he wanted to run over me and kill me because I put my foot on his bumper. Who do you think more of, the bumper or the man? Who do you think more of this morning, Jesus or the world? See, if I step on the things that you put so high and so dear in preaching this morning, you don't like me. You're mad at me. Oh, he's preaching to me. He's preaching about me. Somebody told him something. They were two sisters sitting right over here one morning, and I was a-preaching. And the Holy Spirit gave me this thought. I said, you were at the lake last Sunday and laid out of church. One sister slapped me and said, you told him, didn't you? I said, no, sis, you just told it. Are you that guilty? Is things more important than God? If God's not the most important thing in your life, why should God answer your prayer? If you have earnestly been saved, sanctified, with the Holy Ghost, why should God answer your prayer? If you're not living for God, if you're not worshiping God, if you're not for God, why should God be for you? We want a one-sided situation here. God, I ain't done nothing. I ain't gonna do nothing. I ain't said nothing. I, but I want you to bless me. I want you to give me a good family. I want you to watch over my children. Let them be healthy. Let everybody live forever. And God, I'm not going to do a thing for you. It don't work that way. The only time people really, really cry out to God is when they're in trouble. Tragedies hit. Sickness has come. Marriage is busted up. Child's laying on the deathbed. Mama's about dead with cancer. Daddy's dying with a heart attack. And we really want to get serious with God. Let me tell you something. When the Gulf War hit, you couldn't get a seat in the house of God. When the war was over, there's plenty of room. What'd that tell me? About bunch of hypocrites. Hypocrites, they run to the church. Oh, the rapture's fixing to take place. We're going to break out in the world war. I need God, I need God. No, didn't. You just wanted to be saved without doing anything for God. Because if you truly got saved when the war over, you'd still been there. Amen. If you love the Lord, nobody has to beg you to come to church. If you love God, nobody has to beg you to pay tithes. If you love God, nobody has to beg you to get your testimony. Are you willing? Listen, I've had a lot of people tell me this over the years. Don't call on me to give my testimony. I said, don't worry about it. You probably ain't got one. Because if you had a real testimony, you'd want to give it. You call on me, I'm going to tell you how God saved me. I know what God saved me from. It excites me to be able to tell what God saved me from. I don't have to go to hell because he saved me. That makes me excited. And if you're not willing to testify, You don't know Romans 8. He said confession is made unto salvation. and If you're not willing to confess when God saved you and how God saved you, I doubt very seriously you're saved. Had a lady come here one time from Shelby uh, down there and she played the piano, a friend of mine that I knew and she was an elderly lady and she played the piano and sung a song for us. And she made a statement. I had to go to her and ask her about it. She said, I can never remember a time when I was lost. Now, this lady was up in her late 70s or early 80s. And I went to her and I said, "Hun, i got to ask you something. I said, when did you get saved? She said, what do you mean, preacher? I said, well, you made a statement the other night at my church when you were singing. You can never remember a day when you were lost. I said, Hun, let me help you. I said, you have to get lost before you can get saved. She looked at me like I had two heads. She said, I can't never remember a day when I was lost. I said, guess what, honey? You're still lost. You're still lost. I play the piano in church. I said, that don't make you saved. I've done that for 25 years. I said, hold on a minute, hon. I said, I don't want to hurt your feelings. You're a friend of mine. I said, but the only reason you play at the church is for $20 a week. That's the only reason she went to that church. That's the only reason she played the piano was for $20 a week. She said, well, I need the money. I said, no, doubt you do. But. Are you saved? Are you saved? Would you play if they didn't pay you? Hello, I'm preaching this morning. Are you listening? Listen, there's some things we need. We Redemption through Christ Jesus. We need the blood. We need the peace. Are you with me? Say amen. We need some works to prove that we are saved. Not this lip service. Because he said your mouth confesses me, but your heart is far from me. So where's your heart at this morning? If somebody didn't make you come to church this morning, would you have come? <laughs> and I can tell you what the devil's telling you right now. You wouldn't be here preaching if he didn't pay you. Guess what? I don't care if you pay me or not, I'm going to preach to you. <laughs> If you vote me out, I'm still going to preach in the highway. And I got a mouth big enough you'll have to hear me anyhow. Woo, I don't like that. Well, get in line. There's a whole lot of them don't like it. Are you with me? Oh, Lord, I done forgot where I was at. Hebrews chapter number six. Back up just a little bit. And verse number 18. That by two immutable things in which it was Impossible for God to lie. Are you with me? We must have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. What hope do you have before you? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entertaineth unto that, wherein the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For those that don't know, Melchizedek, according to the Bible, had no beginning, no end. He was a type of Christ. He was a type of God. They paid homage to him even really when they shouldn't have. Why? Because he was God's man. Now, the consolation here is that Jesus Christ was made after his order. Are you with me? Say amen. Jesus is our consolation for our sin. His true, clear, pure, holy blood was given because yours is not. And he gave it that you could be redeemed. So after the order of Melchizedek, we have a high priest named Jesus. Our high priest took our griefs, our infirmities before God Almighty. And with his pure blood, God had to listen. Hello? And he's pleading on your behalf at the throne of God. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something. There's a whole lot of folks in this world that take salvation very lightly. Amen. Very lightly. They're at church on Sunday and they'll rare back and say, Oh, how I love Jesus. And the very next day, they're cussing telling dirty jokes. Let me go back to uh, an incident in my life. I like telling what things happened to me. Digging ditches, backhoe work, and I'd put in a bunch of culberts for this crew, and the guy they had with me was cussing. I mean, little old skinny older man. I mean, he cussed every breath, every breath. I mean, he did, I hated to even be around him. He cussed so bad. One day I took all I could handle and I reached back there and pulled the throttle and killed that old backhoe and I turned around and I said, Dad, I said, let me tell you about Jesus, my Savior. Stay with me. He said, oh, I'm head deacon at my church. I'm telling you the truth, sis. I'm standing there while what? what? You ain't even saved, mister. The way you've been talking the whole time, I, you ain't saved. Yeah, I've been head deacon down there for years and years. I said, thank God I'm not a member of that church. Never even slowed up cussing. He's cussing while he's telling me he's the head deacon. Oh, yes. Yes. I said, Dad, I I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to tell you this. You need to be saved. You need to get right with God. I said, if I was at your church, I'd vote you out at the very next service, and I'd tell them why, and I'd dare you to deny it. I would church him, but evidently his church didn't care. Is that where you're at this morning? You want to be a Christian, but you want to live like hell. You want the benefits of God, but you want to do what you want to do, when you want to do, how you want to do. It don't work that way, friend. I want to tell you something. A whole lot of folk don't believe you can backslide out of the will of God and go to hell. Let me tell you something. You sure can. You sure can. 2 Peter chapter 2, 18-22 said it's better never to have known God than him and turned your back on it for well, the latter end is worse than the beginning so let, let's not argue are you saved or lost let's ask how you're living right now how's your heart with God today I mean if if your life ended right now what you did yesterday would it send you to heaven or hell that's a hard question isn't it brother What we did yesterday. Oh, oh, 40 years ago I got saved. Yeah, but how'd you live yesterday? How'd you live last week? How will you live tomorrow if tomorrow comes? I'm preaching salvation to you this morning. There's some things that we have in Christ Jesus. We have the blood. We have the peace. We have the redemption. We are justified. We ought to have fruits. Am I telling the truth? Now let me see if I can get you out of the ditch. You think I can? I hope to God I can. Because I don't want you to stay in that ditch. Say amen. Let's turn, if you will, in 1 John. That's right before you get into Revelations. 1 John chapter number (coughs) 5. Verse number 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Brother Chris, I've had this to happen to me and you may have also been summoned to come to the hospital to pray, folks. I'm sure you have. Come pray. When well, my folks are sick and they say they're dying well I get to the hospital and I'm standing in the hallway and I know a lot of the family members of these folks that I've went and visited over the years and I say come let's pray together for them I've heard this multiple times I'm in no condition to pray preacher I'm in no condition to pray I said, well, how about let's pray him for you before I pray for them. You know, it's sad, Brother Richard, that, that folks will admit I can't get a prayer through. Got loved ones are dying and can't even touch the hem of the garment for them. I've had this happen multiple times. Stay with me. I don't want to lose you on these points. While my prayer is as good as anybody's, no, it ain't. The only prayer God will hear from a sinner that's out of the will of God and ain't been saved, sanctified, living right with God is, God, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. That's the prayer that they'll hear. And when we get that prayer through and we get peace with God and we we get our name written in the Lamb's book of life, we're living right, we're doing right, we're doing the best we can. Let, Let me help somebody with doing the best I can. I've heard that multiple times. I'm doing the best I can. My daddy whipped me out of many a corn row said, boy, you're not doing the best you can. Hello? Daddy'd say, your brother's done hold two rows and you ain't even got a half a row. You're really doing your best, ain't you? No, what I was doing was dragging my feet hoping my brothers would get it all done so I didn't have to finish that row. Daddy, let him drop over and help me. I ain't got my row. Sometimes we just half-heartedly serve God. Coming to church is enough, right? I've heard this one multiple times. Why come once a week? One out of three ain't bad, is it? I've heard that one. (laughs) Let me help you a little bit, everybody. Try eating just one meal a day. See how that goes for you. No snacks. No trips to the refrigerator in the middle of the night. Just try eating one meal a day and see how you fare. A friend of mine, a great old big fella, drove a truck. He he was over 500 pounds. He decided he was going to lose weight. So he decided his trip was from here to California. He said it every Friday when I get back, I'm gonna eat one meal a week. About four months into this, he had lost two or three hundred pounds. I mean, he just dropped off to nothing. He come in to the yard, he fell out in the road. They had to pick him up and take him to the hospital. And his skin was literally rotten on his body. And the doctor said, you don't have no vitamins to even keep your flesh. But I'm losing weight, doc. He said, well, we'll bury you as a dead skinny man. You see what I'm saying? Eating is part of our life. Yes, we have time that we need to fast. But there's times that we need to eat. And I'm talking spiritual food. Eating once a month won't sustain you. Eating once a week won't sustain you. I'm talking about salvation. If you truly get born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you want the things of God. So how are you this morning? How's your life? How's your walk? We're nearing Christmas time. Listen to me. We're nearing Christmas time. And after Christmas then we have Easter. You hearing me? We're celebrating. And I'm going to help somebody and probably hurt a lot of folks. Why are you having church on Christmas day? Why are you having church preacher on Christmas day? Why do we have church at all then? If he ain't worthy coming on Christmas Day, his birthday, then we don't deserve any blessings. We don't deserve any salvation. We don't deserve any peace of mind. We don't deserve any fruit. Oh, I can't come on Christmas Day, preacher. That's just too much. You look at him on the cross and say, that's too much. Now think about it, church. We celebrate his birth on Christmas Day. Easter, we celebrate his life, the resurrection. And sometimes folks don't even want to come on those two days because they fall on Sunday. Things like that. Oh, I've got to do this, got to do that. There oughtn't to be anything more important in your life. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all things, not just a few. You want to know why your prayers aren't getting through? You haven't been seeking God first. You want to know why you haven't failed him lately? You haven't been seeking God first. You want to know why you feel like you're lost and undone without God? More than likely, you haven't put him first in your life. Because if he ain't first, he ain't at all. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Somebody needs to come and pray. Somebody needs to come and pray. Some are making their way this morning. What about you, friend? What about you? What about you? Let's put God first in our life, church. Let's seek God first. When this life is over, how much money you have in the bank will not be important. How many houses and land and cattle you own won't be important. When you stand before God, it won't be how many children you had, all the wealth you had, all the popularity you had. It won't be worth it when you hear those words depart. I never knew you. I want you to truly be saved. I want you truly in the house of God. I want you truly serving him. Many are praying, what about you? What about you this morning? Would you come? Would you come? There were three men on a mountain Upon Calvary The man in the middle was Jesus Who died for you and me. The man on the left, he was a sinner. Tied to the cross, he bled. Could have been forgiven. But he mocked the Lord instead. You say you are the son of God. But they nailed you to a tree. Come down, come down and save me If God your Father be There were three men on a mountain Upon Calvary The man in the middle was Jesus Who died for you and me well, the man on the right, he was a sinner. He was sorry for his sin. He asked the Lord's forgiveness. Let me tell you what Jesus said to him. Fear not, fear not this earthly day. Before this day is over, you'll be with me in paradise. Heaven's golden shore There were three men on a mountain Upon Calvary The man in the middle was Jesus Who died for you and me